Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello there. Just wanted to say that the live podcast tickets are now on sale if you want to get those. It will be on Friday the 2nd of December. The link is in the description for this episode. We've also tweeted it out from our personal accounts and the IGN UK one. So yeah, come along. It's only like six quid. Should be fun. Could be a laugh. Come along. Yee! Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. It's a special week. We've got good news. We've got bad news. The good news, it's a four, four person podcast this week full of four sweet little boys. <laughs> me, Simon Cardi, you, Dale Driver. Hello, yes, it's me here for the elusive four way. Oh, goodness. Matt Perslow, have you ever uh, done something like this before? Engaged in a four way? No, no, no it's always, <laughs> I always like it a bit more intimate. Oh, okay. Well, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that from you. Um, Joe Scrabbles, you're here for a four way. Yeah. Yeah. For the first and last time. I know, because that is the, the good news that precursors the bad news. This is this is, is going to be the last time. This is this the good news that I'm leaving. <laughs> no, the good news was there's four of us. The bad news yeah. is. This little you, that little sweet boy over there. It's impossible to do this configuration (laughs) ever again. Oh, you never know. Never say never. Uh, (laughs) You'll be back. People come back all the time here. Um, (laughs) I hope you have all the good luck in the future because you are leaving IGN. Why are you doing that? Um, (laughs) 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 I'm going to preface all of this by saying I can't tell you where I'm going. I haven't been fired. Uh, but that we yes. know of, that we know of. Uh, yeah, they. I mean, there's still it could have time. Been coming. It could have been coming. <laughs> there's still time for John to come online and just go. Before you quit, you're fired. <laughs> You'd um, get a nice little severance from that, though. Surely, would you? Hello. I don't uh, know how it if works. he found uh, grounds for egregious <laughs> behaviour. Well, let's hope there's none of that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, my last day today. I know, but we're, we're celebrating in style, aren't we? <laughs> Are we with this? Well, you all came into my came into the office on my last day, which is very kind of, of you. Of course, we did. That's very lovely. For of course, no other reason. Than <laughs> yeah. you. We were just talking about. Do you remember your first podcast? It was um, all the way back in 2016, episode 324. Mm. We've done double the amount of podcasts since then. That's is that real maths? Well, it's over double. <laughs> it's, is it Three, double two, four, the six, of- six, eight? It's over yeah, double. It's double. No, yeah. but you're saying we've done double the amount of podcasts oh, since then, so we would have had to have done six hundred <laughs> more episodes. <laughs> well, we've, we're now twice as many as we were then. If yeah. that makes, I don't know how many you've been on. Probably about 150 to 200. Quite a of lot. Them. Yeah, because yeah. too many. It's a really actually, nice probably. way to spend two hours of your Friday. Well, there was it also really that is. period where it was just the four of us in the office. Oh yeah, so we, there was we just, all had to do the podcast. Yeah, there, was, there would be no podcast. <laughs> We weren't um, doing it. In classic uh, upbeat style, the title of your first episode was called Why Foggy is Ruining Daredevil for Us, <laughs> which in hindsight, slightly over the top. Howdy, can, you, can you remember the name of your first podcast? Um, it was, 
it sounded like it uh, changes. It was, I mean, uh, I'm not the was, one leaving. Was, no, no, <laughs> but I just thought it was, <laughs> interesting, just, it's just an interesting <laughs> question. I, I think it was like uh, long shots and lies. I think it was. Was it? It was like Isn't you were talk- about me. <laughs> we were talking about uh, Madden, maybe. I think we were because mm. I was furious because the first ever thumbnail was me photoshopped onto Tom Brady. I did that. Oh. <laughs> you didn't. I, I'm that not a fan dirt. of that old man. <laughs> I didn't um, know the, the context of that at the time. Yeah, to be yeah it's like yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't do that again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to see what else you talked about. Well, actually, you wrote the article for this and you called you, you called Foggy a potato-faced bump in the road. It's a lovely turn of phrase. <laughs> also horrible. <laughs> I was an angrier boy. Oh, do you know what other great games you talked about? Planet Coaster? Did we? Yeah. I don't and think I could have possibly And this said. must have been just in the, the heat of the moment. Pokemon Go. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, we was, that was yeah. when we were doing stuff like walking around the Tower of London mm-hmm. and just looking at Zubats. People don't do that anymore. <laughs> no, 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 it's empty down there. Yeah, I also had a little quiz. I'm going to take responsibility for all the Prestige stuff because that's where I said my favourite movie was the Prestige. Oh, there we and then go. Then we started asking and about it's carried on to people about it this day. Weirdly, I'm actually reading it. it. Says here that you're talking about Pokemon Go. I don't know what this is in relation or relationship to Pokemon Go kidnapping virtual humans and feeding them blood. <laughs> Did I say that? That's in the article. Apparently that's in the podcast. Well, look, I had a fast and loose style. <laughs> I was a hip young gunslinger. <laughs> I had crazy ideas about how to write podcast posts. There we go. A lot has changed since then. Yeah. Daredevil's on uh, Disney Plus now, not Netflix for one. That's the biggest change. Well, if you told us what Disney Plus was back then, it would have blown our bloody minds. Just wouldn't have been able to comprehend it. What, Netflix was just Disney? (laughs) Fucking hell. Oh, good stuff. I'm sure we'll have another little look back later at some stuff. Who knows? But Will we? I don't know. I, I, I've written the run order. I should probably know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, first, that's the first business of order written off, which I just had is Joe's fucking off. <laughs> Correct. Which um, he's still got about another hour of him. So uh, yeah, he might be back. Do you know what? Actually, we should probably say we did. Mm. This is your last day, but we did remember to record the elusive Elden Ring special. Just seven oh. short <laughs> months later, yeah. we did so, it. Next week, um, if, yeah, if you've been looking forward to that for seven months, um, we've done a little Elden Ring special, mostly spoilery, but there is a spoiler-free section at the start if you still haven't played the game and you're looking for some tips or something. It was a really good, nice way to just remember. Because you know when games come out in January mm. and by the end of the year, you're like... What was that like? I was, I was a different person back then. Mm. And then you remember Elden Ring is the best fucking game that came out this year. It's Ooh. ridiculous. It maybe is. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Uh, Marvel Snap's good though, isn't it? Oh my another god! Another one. Another. And I'm, I'm gonna say actually with zero irony. Another genuine game of the year contender. I, I totally agree. <laughs> like um, it is way up there for me already. It's come out of absolute. Well, it's not really come out of nowhere. But it has like burst out of nowhere because it has been out for what a month or so. But I feel like the last week has it, or, has it? I thought it was, I think no, it was, it was it, in beta it, for it like a month. Oh yeah, but it launched okay, last properly week. launched last week. But like it went from like I saw like one person talking about it mm-hmm. to suddenly every single person apart from Dale is playing it. <laughs> <laughs> I just Dale's a DC guy, <laughs> honestly. Like yeah, card games are not normally a thing, but the way everyone talks about it, I think oh, I, I just so don't want to start. It's so it is, snackable. It is crack, and yeah. it's on your oh, <laughs> and it's on your phone as well. Yeah, as well it's, as Steam, but I've not tried it on Steam. If you don't know what Marvel Snap is, do it. Uh, it's a and all of this stuff should be absolute kryptonite. Not oh, that's the wrong phrase. <laughs> that's like, um, is, that's uh, DC, mate. It's, yeah, it's um. It is a free-to-play collectible card game on mobile, uh, and that should mean it's an unbelievable 
pile of cash grab bullshit. But turns out the dude who, like, direct is he director of Hearthstone? He was co-director, yeah, he was, he was co-director. co-director of Hearthstone. Yeah, yeah. Ben, ben Brode. Ben Brode yeah. set up a studio called Second Dinner, got a fat, juicy Marvel contract, and made something really bloody good. Mm. Like he's taken cool ideas from Gwent and Hearthstone. Those are the kind of two primary influences I can think mm-hmm, of card mm-hmm. game wise. Maybe a bit of Netrunner as well, actually, and just distilled them into this game where every match is six turns long, more or less. It takes um, about two to three minutes. It takes about three minutes to finish. Yeah. And it just has this really like nice build of tactics that you kind of get over time. You build your decks, you and the and the the good thing about the monetization is everything's cosmetic only. And the cards you earn are all by playing the game and in, in like investing in its challenges and building up your collection. And the more you build up your collection and upgrade your cards with slightly shitty extra things, like oh, it's a bit three D. Three D's when you or, move your phone though. I'm yeah. still I'm still enjoying that. Or just like <laughs> it's animated, and mm-hmm. what they mean is a bit of blades yeah. sword will wiggle about. <laughs> like, <laughs> technically, they're not lying. They're it's not animated. lying. It's just they're almost lying. Um, uh, but by upgrading those cards that's how you earn more cards. So it, mm-hmm. everything like tumbles into itself systems-wise, and it's just incredibly compulsive. It's, it's just, wild. yeah, it's stupidly Moorish. And the fact that like you can just play it... I haven't spent a penny on this game. I don't no. think any of us have. I was tempted to buy the Battle Pass, but I looked at it and I was like, oh, nothing this season I want. But like, yeah. I could see myself doing that further down the line just because I've been playing like probably two to three hours a day for mm-hmm. a week now. Like, it's, it's the first game since Overwatch 1 where I've thought about buying the Battle Pass as basically like a tip. Mm-hmm. Just being like, I'm really enjoying your game. You yeah. deserve a bit of money. I for just this. like because a lot of mobile games like that, like you do want to play it for two or three hours on end, but there'll be some sort of thing like you don't have enough energy to mm-hmm. carry on playing, so yeah. you have to buy it. Whereas this, they just want you to play it. Well, also the telling thing about this is I'm I'm working my way through the challenges and they are time gated, mm. but I'm finding myself just continuing to play even when there aren't challenges, and it's mm-hmm. like it's purely I'm just enjoying the game. I'm enjoying deck building and tinkering, and the decks are. I've said this before, I don't like perfection in games. Mm. I don't care about being the best at them. I just like engaging with them. And the decks are small enough that it doesn't feel like there's going to be like horrible meta stuff where it's like, I just can't do that. I'm just not good enough to do that. It's just absolute crack. I think if you watch a video of it, (laughs) it looks like there's loads going on. It could be confusing. It's so simple. You literally do six things a game. You move six things a Mm -hmm. game and you're kind of done. The benefit that it's got is because I was a bit, I I actually generally like Hearthstone in its base format, Mm. which obviously is... I don't want to be controversial, but I sort of think it's a, a better version of maybe what Magic was. Yeah. Like to me, <laughs> but yeah. from my perspective, it's yeah, yeah. kind of like a slightly more accessible version yeah, of what definitely. Magic tries to be. This, I was kind of worried that it was going to be Hearthstone, but with with Marvel characters. Mm. And the fact that it's not, it's like a completely different approach to, to the game. So for anybody that hasn't played it, rather than beating an opponent, as in whittling down their health and eliminating their, their kind of character, you have three different locations represented literally just by tiles in the middle and it's whoever can capture those locations and best of three Mm. wins and it's just you put down a character and if their power is three then you've got three on this and if you can put lots of them on you get loads but it's the way that kind of like each character has a weird kind of quirk that obviously helps you build out from there and the locations themselves have weird quirks. Mm. So I think kind of like the big thing that everybody's talking about at the moment is Bar Sinister, (laughs) which is a location in which when you play a character on it, 
the entire location, which is four yeah. cards, gets filled out, which means that at the end of the game, that if you put like a huge, like like the oh, Incredible Hulk in it. Well, or if you do what I've been doing and get 3,000 points a game by doing <laughs> it, which is yeah. the classic little trick. Of, well, it's now classic. It's two days old or whatever of putting Nightcrawler, who uh, is a character you can move after you've placed him. You put him down there. Turn five, mm-hmm. you move one of him. You put down Blue Marvel, who boosts every other card by one. <laughs> Then what you do on turn six is move the other three Nightcrawlers somewhere else, put Onslaught down, who doubles um, the effects of Blue Marvel, but also doubles the effects of the other Onslaught. So they're kind of infinitely doubling on that bar sinister mm-hmm. one until you end up with 3,000 in every single one, and you win. You know that the- meme of Ben Affleck uh, when he's <laughs> staring into space yeah, 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 and it's yeah, playing yeah. Hello Darkness, my old friend? That's been Dale's oh. face <laughs> for the last 10 minutes. Um, but I, I had some troubling realisation. I played a couple of games this morning and it looks like Bar Sinister, maybe it was in heavy rotation. They were, it was kind of mm. being multiplied for a while. Looks like that may have ended now. So you'd have to re... But that's what I'm enjoying. I'm going to have to rethink my strategy. I might go back to my old deck of having uh, Odin and people in there. But the like, thing you were saying about that idea of simplicity, it's mm-hmm. it's very, very simple in that like you can pretty much play one, maybe two cards each turn. Mm-hmm. And there are six turns to get to victory, basically. But it's like you say, like it's finding the ways to kind of cheat the game to mm. a certain degree that's really fun. Is like you, you learn what each card can do and you learn the basics of like, oh, okay, I can multiply and I can find ways to yeah. boost my power in these locations. But then you find shit like that, which is like, oh, if I plan two turns ahead, mm-hmm. I can make turn five be substantially more valuable than yeah. it ever and, should be. And I love that you can be a bit of a shit in it in a couple of ways. Like mm-hmm. you can taunt people with like stickers and little yeah. like hallows when you think you're going to win. But also there's this, it's called Marvel Snap because there's the snap function. So if you think you're going to win, you can snap the cube at the top, which are basically double what you win from that game mm-hmm. or lose like, if you, can, you lose yeah but you can't it's, it brings a little bit of poker into it you can almost bluff it's like oh I'm yeah. conf- i've got this and make them retreat and you win i've i've had and, uh, i've definitely done that where <laughs> i'm just like i might not win but i don't think i'm definitely gonna lose yeah. so i'm gonna snap now and see if they pull out like yeah. just to get an easy win mm. um it's also i promise we're, we're nearly done dale um, <laughs> <laughs> it's also like i love that it's a card game that embraces randomness like mm-hmm. people hate random effects in these kind of games but this every location is randomly generated or at least semi-randomly generated because i think sometimes it gives you mm. specific sets um I, like those are always random the obviously deck drawing and stuff is random and loads of cards have random effects and so it by pushing beyond like it's not just a few cards with it building mm. the game around randomness mm-hmm. means that it feels fairer because you yeah. can go up mm-hmm. against an incredible deck, but you just get lucky yeah. with what comes out. I think that's why win. my favorite card is Morph, whose ability is just turning into their, one of their other cards so you can just kind of beat them at their Embrace own game. Embrace the chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm all about the chaos. Yeah. Um, well, the one thing I do really like is because it's a game that's not about fighting, basically. It's about maintaining power structures. It kind of think you you almost go in and think, well, how the fuck does that relate to superheroes? Uh, a bunch <laughs> of characters renowned for beating the ever loving shit out of each other, <laughs> but it's the way that uh, you know not every card feels like it is designed around the character that is on the card. Mm. But when you do get like probably two thirds of them certainly are, and I love the way that it reinterprets characters. Like so, for example, Jessica Jones. When you play her, mm. her skill is that if you don't play another card in her location next turn, she grows in strength. And it's kind of like, well, of course, because Jessica Jones is a loner. She doesn't like working with other people. So there mm-hmm. are things like that. If you play Mr. Fantastic in in the yeah. middle, like his he arms stretches. stretch out yeah, yeah. And, and boosts the, the places they're, either they're side really of him. They're really thought about. They're like, 
I think we've said this before, like for a game that's just launched, they've kind of just nailed it straight off the yeah. bat. It's mm-hmm. rare to see. It's like, it seems perfectly balanced. It seems like we were talking about generous. It. Like it's, yeah. we, we were talking about it this morning as well. Like when you compare it to Overwatch 2's mm, free to play systems, yeah. you look at it and you're just like, Overwatch has fucked it completely. <laughs> like this is how you do this. Um, it's also it's also just beautifully animated. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you play Nightcrawler and instead of playing onto the thing, he does the bamf like teleport effect onto the thing. Star Lord, when you move him about, has little jet boosters mm-hmm. under his card. Ant Man's tiny until he like yeah. gets bigger oh, on the like when, the card gets bigger and when stuff. When Rocket is played, like he pulls out like seventeen guns and yeah. just fires. It's, so just, good, it's yeah. really really. If you're well looking done. for a way to lose half your life to your phone, yeah. even more, uh, then yeah, Marvel Snap definitely give it a go. Dale, I think you're gonna. You're gonna. Uh, you're surely gonna give it a go now. I mean, honestly, like you're making jokes about me looking bored. I was actually interested in <laughs> so, much, so much so that I'm like, "Fuck, I do have an hour train ride home tonight." But then, Ooh. I don't know how much internet it, it's gonna take up. I don't know. Is Are it gonna be a disaster? Will it? Will it kill my life? Will I get time I to know. do anything else? I mean, like, you've got to choose between that and Football Manager, haven't you? I mean, when New Football Manager comes out, yeah, that is my phone time. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Me, me and Football Manager. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough, Matt. You reviewed a game called Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 last week. How did that go? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, uh, I had a, had an interesting time what playing a stitch it. Up, I'm sorry. <laughs> let me let us say like to to you move. love Call. You genuinely love Call. Of Duty. I have a real soft spot for Call of Duty, and you know the reason why I wanted to do this review is because. I think there are things that are much more interesting about Call of Duty than a lot of critics necessarily mm. give it. Yeah. And so But don't we only give Call of Duty nine or ten? Well yes, but I also think there are <laughs> I also think there are lots of interesting things that quite often get overlooked that, that these campaigns do interesting. And it's mm-hmm. just a shame for me that the one that I did get to review was one that I wasn't I don't think it's shit by any. You weren't means. enamoured by it. Let's no, say. I, I was underwhelmed by it, but also I, I think it's okay. Like I think if you were into Call of Duty, absolutely yeah. I mean, go out and get it. It's crucially what six means on exactly. Scale, it says it? Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think it's okay. Yeah. Um, Unscrupulous critics, savages. <laughs> <Modern> Warfare too. <laughs> by saying this is it's okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I think kind of like the if if anybody at home has seen the uh, the kind of comment threads that are on <laughs> my article. Um, obviously a lot of people have come to its defense because there are a lot of people that do think that this game is very good mm. to which those people are very welcome to that opinion it's almost and like val- the valid different opinions well yeah and I'm pleased that people like it like, like it's good to go out and buy a game that costs 70 pounds yeah. that you've paid pre-order price for so you can play the campaign early mm. um, but also like certainly as reviews are carried on there there is definitely more of a split opinion on this one like you, know, you can go and have a look at Tech Radar Gamings mm. and, and Eurogamers review and Polygon's review particularly. My opinions are shared, but my opinions are is that um, I think the first half of the game is relatively boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it gets much more inventive in the latter half and it is much better at that point. And I started mm-hmm. to have what I would consider a reasonably good time. I just think all of its interesting innovations are kind of a little bit like bungled and maybe sort mm-hmm. of feel like the start of something richer, yeah. but doesn't actually become anything rich. I think it's always going to have, not that I'm saying you were comparing, it's always, whenever you call it Modern Warfare 2, you're going to be compared to that original Modern Warfare 2, which is arguably the height of the series. I like Having so, for context, I played every Modern Warfare mm. before we got up to here in the weeks preceding it. And I had forgotten how much of a fucking good time Modern mm-hmm. Warfare 2 is. Like, it is, yes, it puts aside kind of like the slightly more serious themes that the original Modern Warfare tries to ex- examine yeah. and goes full bond. 
It is absolutely, it is hopping from country to country. It is doing all of those late Brosnan era things. You're in a, you're in sort of like your snowmobile shooting with an Uzi at loads of other <laughs> snowmobiles. You're saving people from gulags and shooting up hundreds of Russian guards. You're, there's so much stuff, like so much mm. cool stuff. And obviously the new Modern Warfare's, the 2019 reboot did an interesting thing where it was like, we're going back to kind of what classic modern warfare tried to do, this examination of the shadowy side of war. And I actually think the storytelling in 2019 is very, very good for that sort of grade shooter. Um, excellent production values on its um, kind of like cutscenes and stuff. But the writing is interesting. It's sometimes crass, as Call of Duty tends to be. They like a bit of controversy. Mm. It is a game where you have to play as a woman and get waterboarded, which yeah. is a bit... Mm, but... The story that 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 at first kind of 2019 modern warfare is telling is very much a story of like soldiers that recognize the, the tagline for it was we get dirty to keep the world clean right and the the whole I think I've seen that film <laughs> <laughs> but the whole point of of its storyline was very much around the idea of like in World War Two soldiers sacrificed themselves it was the the global yeah. sacrifice right. Mm. And in the modern day, people sacrifice a part of their morality as that's the price that you pay. And like it does that in a Hollywood manner, but it got something interesting to say. And Farrah as a character who's the leader of like this resistance mm. in an occupied country, it kind of had a lot of interesting stuff to say. The storyline for this is very Michael Bay. It's a bunch of paper thin, gung-ho characters that basically are just here to have a fucking good time because I'm a real tough son of a bitch. And I you, find You're that, always saying that. Oh, know. yeah, yeah. I find the characters very grating and like a markedly step down from, from the last game. I don't think there's a lot of interest. There's a lot of kind of that, what would a 19-year-old find fun about these characters? Mm. And that's what we'll go. Like the main character in this, where Price is the main character, even though you don't play him in, in 2019's Modern Warfare, the main character this time around, again, a character that you don't play, but is Ghost, who we sort of all know from the original Modern yeah. Warfare as the guy For that... having a cool mask. He's, he's, a, he's basically, <laughs> uh, to, to quote a friend on this, he is a fucking multiplayer skin, <laughs> yeah. and that's all he's there to be. Mm. And yet they've given him like this proper kind of edgelordy sort of thing, mm. which is very grating all the way through. It would be so nice if Ghost was like, Hi guys, how you doing? <laughs> like, that would be a way more interesting character. I'm here for the war. Yeah. <laughs> but that aside, and you know, kind of like narrative failings, which I do think kind of like soured my, you know, mm. left a bit of a raw taste in my mouth. Particularly if you've seen any of the stuff of like, there's a mission where like there are civilians in the area, and the way that you deal with them is it says hold like left trigger to de-escalate the situation, what? which what? is you hold. <laughs> oh, I heard about this. You you literally hold a pistol to the face of, like, civilians and tell them to fucking... Is that de-escalate? <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's very... It's very 2022. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think one thing people love from those original Modern Warfares, and to an extent, 2019 did it a bit, are those missions where they go... They do something different. They go outside the box, whether it's all gillied up, mm -hmm. or the Modern Warfare one where you're basically playing in the helicopter of the night vision... Like those ones where they mix up, you know, like, does this one have any of those like, standout so, missions? So so I don't think it has what I would call a poster child mission in the yeah. same way. But what it does do is, so the first half is reasonably standard by the numbers Call of Duty that is mm. surprisingly static in a lot of its kind of kill boxes. It's a lot of hold the line here or kind of move, then stop and shoot, move. 
when you get past the halfway line, suddenly it's like it remembers what a Call of Duty game is, which is a wide variety of different gimmick-based concepts that it builds a mission mm. around. And that's when it does become a lot more enjoyable. But my kind of issue with the way that it does this is it is a bit of a best-of album of Call of Duty, particularly the original Modern Warfare. So you have Death From Above is redone, which mm -hmm. is the game where you're in the gunship circling over. You have to do that twice in a row. So there's two mm. missions, which means that it does go on a bit. But it has some interesting reinventions there where it puts a much more civilians, particularly in the first location. They love civilians in they, this one. They do in this one, yeah. <laughs> but that means that you have to be much more purposeful with where you, A, aim the tracking camera and B, what ammunition you use. Cause, Does it punish? Like, it's yeah, no, it's, a, it's an instant mission Okay, over. it's not just like, don't do that again. Yeah, yeah. To the point where... <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I think it's to the point where, like, when a civilian is hit, it's instantly over to the point that it feels a bit arcadey rather than, like, mm. you fucked up, mate. It's just kind of like, no, start again. Yeah. But it isn't because it makes you be much more deliberate with your okay. ammunition choice. You can't use, like, the 40 mil cannon when a civilian is near because you're just going to blow the arms it's and legs off idea. everything. It's yeah. not a good idea. Yeah, they don't do that in real life. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Um, there is, of course, there's an all up mission and... There is generally, I think, since All Gilded Up was put into Call of Duty, there's almost been a pressure, not necessarily to build on that mission and make missions that are more interesting than that, but it has to have an All Gilded Up variant. Yeah, you have to have a stealth one. Yeah, basically. but in this one, it literally is All Gilded Up. It's not <laughs> a stealth mission with a sniper rifle. It, you go in, you have to get into the grass, you have to like crawl mm. as humans are, like like enemies are walking past okay. you. You have to judge like where they're going to come. Later on in that mission, it does a much more interesting variant that I wish the entire mission had been built around, which is this. It turns out you've got a backpack, which is like, oh, where did this come from? And in that backpack is all of the equipment basically from Warzone. Sandwiches. So sandwiches. <laughs> I wish I wish there was a nice little bit where you could sit and have tea. Oh with guys, rice. I've actually got a really nice sandwich. <laughs> that ghost? I bought cheese. Ghost out. <laughs> He's a Branston pickle guy. I think mm -hmm. cheese and Branston pickle ghost. Definitely. 100%. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's classic Brit, isn't he? So he yeah. loves a bit of the brand. A bit of a ploughman's, maybe. <laughs> isn't maybe. there a... Sorry to derail, but yeah. isn't there a line in this game where a Scottish person says... Oh, no. Ghost so, asks for a cup of tea and a Scottish person says fucking Brits. Yes. What? Yeah. What? As I say, <laughs> do some research, guys. <laughs> the, the writing is fucking Yeah, that, I mean, toilet. that should take it down a point. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but the backpack system has got basically all the equipment from Warzone in. So it's got the, the motion tracker, it's got the gas grenades, it's got the, mm. the, the charges. And it gives you two locations where it's like, well, how do you want to deal with this? Like, you can go on the roof and you can pull the vents that off and throw good. tear gas in. I was like, where has this been for the last three hours of playing it? Weird. And then it disappears and he's never in the game again. So it was like, why wasn't this the baby? Yeah. There's like one mission where you get the, um, you know, the armor plates that are in Warzone. Oh, yeah. Mm. And it's like, well, why was why is this in this one mission that doesn't do a huge amount to justify why it has to have yeah. those over every other they mission? They sound like great things that if yeah, they're running through it, it'd be a much more interesting. It's like, yeah. do they just let Raven make one mission? <laughs> just like, come on, guys. It's, it's weird, right? Because um, I think one of my issues with where Call of Duty, I think we're at a bit of a diminishing returns after what felt like quite a glory period for Call of Duty. I think kind of infinite warfare. For, I know that this is a 
a campaign that not a lot of people wanted to go in on because people didn't want the futuristic stuff. Mm. But Infinite Warfare has so many fucking good ideas that you can tell were because people from Naughty Dog had come over to Infinity Ward and given it lots of like real purpose with its writing, made its characters people that you were sad when they died, and also gave you that, you know, you had the war table where you could choose your missions, you could do side quests, you could choose what sort of mission you're going to do. And Modern Warfare lost that, but also had like very interesting variety that went through that campaign that relied on its storytelling, which was still quite strong. And Cold War, I thought, was like a real good middle ground between that in which you didn't necessarily have full choice of what the next mission was going to be. But whilst there were only very few missions in Cold War because of it being developed over Mm -hmm. COVID, each one was clearly like a a playground of this is a mad concept we've got for this. We want to do the Checkpoint Charlie stealth mission here. We want to do the you're in a fake town that's going to go bananas here. But also had those things that you could find that you then decoded to create the the side missions and stuff. Those side missions were shit, but I liked that that idea was (laughs) there. It feels like we're not building no. on one another. Mm. Like Raven really felt with Cold War that they built on things that had happened. I don't feel like we're getting it here. No, we're getting Cold repeats. War, of... Cold War is definitely my pick of the last five or six. I think Call yeah. of Duty. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that campaign. Yeah, um, um, and yeah. you know, th- this is you know, of all of these complaints, what I'm saying is, is these missions are good. Like they they come from good stock because they are copying missions that were good in the first place, and they have a little idea that's cool. Um, but I'm waiting for, like, it feels, as I say, a bit <coughs> diminishing returns because it's like, well, where exactly are we going with it? Why are yeah. we putting in an idea that is clearly the basis of a richer campaign but not building on that? Because what it's built on is one of the best shooting engines of all time. Mm. And we're not... There are yeah. clearly ideas here that could build and push. Yeah, it sounds like they've, yeah, in, at the same time, missed the nostalgia beats they're trying to hit with Modern Warfare 2, but also tried to put some of the modern stuff from Warzone in there, but not successfully enough. So they're kind of caught in this weird in-between at the moment. But Warzone 2 is coming, and let's face it, that's where they're going to make all their money. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. And also, it's kind of like the multiplayer obviously lands today. And I mm-hmm. think, like, I from everything I've seen, I think this could be, like, a real good multiplayer. And mm-hmm. that's obviously where a lot of the richness of Call of Duty comes from. I'm a campaign guy. Yeah. And this didn't quite hit what I wanted from that campaign. But as I say, that's not to say it's bad. Please don't take it away. That <laughs> it's okay. okay. It's shit. It sounds it's okay. okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's something I'll get around mm. to doing. It's eventually. also, if you like The Last of Us's weird crafting stuff, like that is kind of crowbarred into one of the missions. Weird. weird. One weird. mission. Yeah, yeah. There's what? Well, there's one and then a little bit of a tail end of another mission that does it. But there's a mission where kind of you've got no guns to begin with and you have to go. I actually think it's like a standout mission. And if... It hadn't been slightly fungal because you like you start it and you're injured, which means you've got to go around trying to dodge patrols while you walk at the speed of a snail until you can find mm. like an injection to make you faster. But on that trip, you're like finding like, oh, here's a bit of metal that I can mix with this bit of candle wax and this bottle of chemicals, and now I've got like a gas grenade that I can throw. And that is kind of cool, mm. but yeah. is used for a single mission. And it's kind of like, well, if there was a campaign built around the idea of like we're guerrilla fighters yeah. and, and we're building. Like, that's a cool concept to build a campaign around. Mm-hmm. But again, it's kind of like, it doesn't quite work as a single yeah. mission. Stuck between a lot of different ideas, yeah. it sounds like. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a go. I might, I might enjoy it. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. It's, by Matt Perslow's words, okay. So maybe mm-hmm. you'll enjoy it. If you did enjoy it, if you already played it, you might have the Modern Warfare 2 campaign. You want to let us know what you think of it. Uh, email IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN. Dot com, or if you've been playing Marvel Snap, 
let us know. Um, I don't know what you tell us about. It's good, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, maybe if you've got any uh, favourite memories of Joe, I'm sure he'll still listen to the podcast <laughs> after he's gone. That'll be won't very you? weird. Yeah. yeah, of course I'll listen. Okay, good. Yeah, we might read out. I might even make some up if we get no nice ones. <laughs> oh, there we go. Um, Hello. Dale. Yeah. You've been playing something. Look at you. Wow. I've been playing many things. I've I been know. playing a lot of God of War. I'd love to talk about that, but we have to wait. Yes. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> Is that it? You're here just to uh, say I've been playing a game. No, uh, so Resident <laughs> Evil Village DLC. That's what, Yeah, shock horror. I'm on the podcast. I'm talking about oh, Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. Yeah. Oh. But it's in third person again. And wow. It's, oh, it's, yeah. yeah. What? What is this DLC, Dal? Please you tell me more. You so insincere when you said that. Yeah, yeah, I can give a shit. Carry on. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I can't <laughs> wait to tell you all about it. I am actually interested. No, no, I, 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 I can. Say, yeah, I, I do care, especially when you're talking about it. So please tell me more. Again, sounds yeah, insincere, yeah. Just care, just yeah. Uh So Shadow Rose or the Winter's Expansion, I, I think the whole package is called, which includes like the mercenary stuff. Mm-hmm. Not that much interested in that, if I'm being honest. Uh, the main thing for me was the Shadow Rose uh, DLC, which is about uh, two and a half hours campaign. It takes place after the main game of Village. It is all in third person, like you said, Joe. Um, I think that's, for me, to its detriment, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because I feel like the Seven and Village, so I'm, I'm happy with the Resident Evil formula of having the remakes being in third person and the new ones being in first. Mm. I feel like it works. It's a good balance. And something I noticed when this one, you're forced to play it in third person. And I've never realized how slow it is getting around those games, mm. especially playing God of War in comparison. It feels constantly sluggish. It never really feels like I'm in the room with these things anymore. Like, I suppose it's because it's all in similar environments, right? And it feels like I've my viewpoint's been pulled back and it's less intense. So it definitely takes a lot away there. Um, overall, I'd say it's pretty good. It's okay, maybe, but the the main issue is it's basically recycling a lot of assets. So it's all the same. None of the locations are new. It's all the exact same locations from Resident Evil Village. What? Yeah, everything. And it changes location several times, but every time you hit a new location, it's like, oh, this is also in Resident Evil Village. This is a, there is no new locations. Right. Explain, I mean, is it a spoiler to say what the... Plot. Uh, I think so to a certain degree, but let's just say... Is it um, set after the post-credits of yes. Village? Let's just say that this DLC is probably the most Japanese like Resident Evil has ever felt, as in there's a lot of talk about getting crystals and there's a <laughs> myth, and there's going to... It's like a mystical realm that you've gone to, right? I don't want to say any more than that, wow. but it's a different realm mm-hmm. you've gone to. The uh, One of the early main bad guys uh, is uh, the Duke, but now he's got like a weird sort of mask on it looks like a persona character you know with that little mask it's it's all very like doesn't feel like look, resident evil always feels like it's it's a japanese company making mm. a western game right this? yeah it's, <laughs> it, it feels it feels odd does it lean more into the horror more into the action side definitely well it attempts to lean more into the horror okay because in terms of action there's only you only get a handgun and a shotgun the entire time mm-hmm. uh the combat is quite rudimentary it's 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 more of the same with village but just less of the bells and whistles really uh, they do have some new hooks uh, so rose has like it's implied at the end of village has supernatural powers um but how she actually uses those powers is pretty dull she uses like a stun on enemies and also to sort of metroidvania style like unlock passages yeah, okay. that are like hidden by vines and things that she can like blow them up mm-hmm. um 
I can't, I don't want to talk too much about what happens in the second half of it, but the first half of it is all based around in Castle Dimitres. So all the environment completely familiar, you remember it all. It's just almost like a reorganization of where things are. Okay. To a certain degree. It's, it's pretty like uninspired at that point. Um, I think the, the one redeeming thing I could say about it is it definitely feels like a conclusion to the Winters family storyline. They definitely try to wrap up that mm-hmm. stuff. I'm glad because the end of that, the end of Village really felt like, and there's going to be three more games of this. No, definitely not. And Winters and is it, over. Spring like, is near. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it definitely feels like, yeah, the Winters family stuff is like completely wrapped up now. It's all done. But the um, they also, um, it's like they take elements from the main game and just say, that was successful. Let's squeeze a little version, a not as good version mm-hmm. in this. Like, so there's a whole section in the Beneviento like um, house mm. thing. And it's not the same sequence of events, but it's definitely, they, they do the exact same things. They get you in the room, the same room, they strip away your weapons. And now like a voice comes over and now we've got to solve some pretty basic puzzles. Is it yeah. Ghost from like... Call of Duty going, do you want a cheese sandwich? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a disaster. Yeah, like, is this is, like fr- I would say the the with the, the, the Beneviento style section, there is an enemy in that and a sequence in that which was absolutely like terrifying. Like, I hated okay. it. Mm. Like, and I really like, I remember the first time I played with the giant baby fetus thing. And I was like, that was obviously horrible as well. But there's something in this, let's just say with mannequins. I like mm. something about mannequins makes it extra creepy. Mm. And um, I would say that sequence alone, it's probably worth playing it for. And if you're invested in the Ethan Winter storyline and you want to see what happens, mm-hmm. yes, outside of that, kind of just it's, sort of breezed through it. Is this free DLC or is it paid? I don't actually it's know. Paid. Is it paid? paid. Okay. Uh, and obviously with that, you get other things. Like you get, like if you're into mercenaries, you get to play as Lady Dimitrescu and Heisenberg in mercenaries now, which I don't know if you've seen clips of it, looks mad. Mm-hmm. Like especially if she's having to duck under doorways and stuff to get into <laughs> the rooms. That's not really for me, but like some people might be into it. I think it also gets you reverse as well. That's oh, right. Oh, really? It comes free with the game, I think. You're right, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, haven't touched that yet. and you've got th- and it gives you third person in the main campaign as well yes doesn't it? although i would suggest not doing that <laughs> uh, i definitely don't think yeah this like hope whatever the next resident evil 9 whatever it's called i hope they stick with the first person idea and keep the remakes the, mm-hmm. the, the third person thing although yeah. saying that they're quickly running out of remakes like well yeah. they got code veronica are they actually going to do resident evil 5 after that raccoon city yeah. What? Which one's that? The multi- Operation Raccoon? Yeah, they're going to do that one? No, probably not. Mate. That'd be funny. <laughs> they really are scraping the barrel. I mean, yeah. it sounds, again, it sounds okay. Like if you yeah. need a little Halloween thing to do this weekend, it's, maybe? Yeah, a couple it's, hours. it's like, a, like it sounds rubbish. It? <laughs> it is, it's a, like, if, if you really enjoyed Village, it's like almost like a nostalgia, like a little trip back mm-hmm. there. But in a like a just a poorer form, mm. so uh, it doesn't yeah. When you say like that, it doesn't sound okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I do love the commitment to the gimmick with uh, third person mode. Ethan Winters always looks away from the camera. That is good. I think yeah. that's very funny. <laughs> like, but also like, what's the end game with this? I don't know. If someone <laughs> yeah, it turns round and it's been Vin Diesel the whole time. <laughs> um, the thing is, there's mods out there that show you what he looks like. We yeah. all know what he looks like. But Capcom are really, um, they did it on their presentation, didn't they? They mentioned it. We, we thought long and hard about it and decided that we still don't want Ethan to face to be What would be the funny, if you could pick one person, who would be the funniest face? Paul Giamatti. Paul <laughs> <laughs> It would have want, to be Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Your face, Simon. That's what I want. I mean, I've got a pretty, if you didn't know, it's pretty standard. You face, know, you've got it? a very cheeky baby face. Come yeah, on. I don't know. <laughs> Go for, I don't know. Who would be funny? There's a lot of funny people out there and I don't know. 
I don't know. Okay. What a Where question. With what a question. <laughs> Whose face would you want to see on even winners? I don't oh, God. This is opening the Agent 47 <laughs> can oh, of worms no. again. God. Yeah. Oh, actually, if it was just Agent 47 having a bad day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly in a blonde In a wig. Maybe saying that maybe it's better. Uh, you want to do your Halloween weekend? Is see a horror film, and one I've seen is Barbarian. No I'm one about else is. To stick my fingers. Yeah, in my I'm eyes. literally yeah. saying no. Well, that's the thing. I'm I, seeing it on Sunday. Okay, the <laughs> less you know about this film, the better. I'm not going to say anything about this film. It's not going to really say a great podcast segment. Well, <laughs> I just want to rec- I just want to say it's worth seeing to people, and I'm not even going to say what genre of horror it is. Yes, I'm going to say that it's a horror film. That's what I'm going to say. And what it what it really does, it's a it's a film all about. I think setting up horror expectations and not necessarily and not necessarily following through with those so that's that's what it does very well i would say it's very self-knowing which is good it's kind of yeah like you said the less you know the better if you even watch the trailers i wouldn't no, even I recommend watching it. the trailer I haven't, as soon as someone said it's yeah. great and you don't mm-hmm. want to know anything, so i i, like, I, I avoided know. everything before i see it. it definitely made it worthwhile because i watched it's one of those where i watched the trailer after seeing and i was like it doesn't reveal too much, but there's definitely bits in there that's like, oh, I didn't know this was that sort of film. That's it. I don't even know what the setup is. Yeah. I literally know the title. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a, yeah. Don't it's tell hour, me. It's an hour and 40 long. It's not too long. It's in cinemas in the UK. It's been in cinemas in America since like August. Mm. We've finally got it in the UK in cinemas. It's on streaming now in America. So, you know, if you're American, you can stream it. I, I don't know if I want to ask this question. I won't answer it if but, it's not. Uh, uh, you, in the morning meeting, you did say that you, you thought it was good, but maybe I liked you it. Disappointed? I, lo- I liked it. I didn't, I was I saw, so it's been months now, I've seen people in America, especially raving about it. Right. I think it does some stuff very well. I just think it makes a couple of choices I don't necessarily think are great. Okay. So like I would, I definitely lean more on the seven to eight. That's it's good or great yeah, yeah. than I like, you know, the it, nine yeah. that like, you know, some people say. I've, I, it's very, it's very worth seeing though. Cause especially you'll want to see it as soon as possible, especially it's on streaming and it's one that you'll start seeing pictures of or you'll start getting yeah. scored. So if it is a film that, it's called Barbarian. If you're looking for a, one of the best horror films of this year, then that is definitely one to go for before you get it spoiled for you. Is oh, my recommendation. Yeah. Okay. I've got I've got a few weeks off, and I'm going to see it by myself in a morning. <laughs> I don't want to go. It's a good. I will say it's a good one to see in cinema because it's definitely one of those where people. I, I'd normally like a silent cinema, but it was one of those ones where people's reactions were making it more enjoyable. Mm. Like it's just like got one of those moments like the person behind me just went oh what are you doing <laughs> and I was just like <laughs> so it's got some of those moments so yeah I'd recommend yeah a good cinema would be a, it's a good place to see it as I'd probably recommend it. as a podcast network our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you but we also sell merch and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. 
And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Any film, to be quite honest. Something you can watch at home, though, in the UK and America and everywhere. And we finally got another thing that was delayed by months, The Bear. Has anyone else been watching The Bear? I haven't watched any I've yet. watched the first episode. Okay, I, I've watched them all. There's only eight episodes. They're all 25 minutes long, apart from the last one. It's like 40 minutes long. Um, this one I can say, the, the premise of, because it's yeah. not going to spoil it. It is about a really... It's on Disney Plus in the UK, by the way, if you're wondering. Um, it's about a chef who basically is like one of the best chefs in the world. But there's a tragedy in his life, which means he comes back home to Chicago and basically takes over the family like beef sandwich shop, which is called the Beef. <laughs> Love it. Um, it's like a proper little corner back alley yeah, sort of thing. Like it looks really tasty. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like the Michelin star like mm. restaurant. It's a proper like if you're local, running. you know. But yeah. if you don't know, exactly. And the way I've like the one line I've used to describe it is uncut gems if it was beef instead of precious stones okay <laughs> it's got that sort of i thought this was a comedy it is a comedy drama and uncut gems is a comedy at times yeah but it's not okay it's, it's not what a i would say fun watch <laughs> the the bear is definitely lighter than uncut mm. it's not as high tension the first episode is quite like t- like high tension and quite mm. like sweaty is how i describe it <laughs> okay that's good. um and it, it goes in peaks and trusts that there's like high stakes moments low stakes moments but it's also I think it's the same exact producer as Atlanta, so you've got a bit of that in there. Yeah. It's got the feel of Atlanta at times. It looks like they're using very similar lens if, if we want to get a bit technical with it. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's got kind of some of the high stakes tension and sweatiness of Uncut Gems, but also like the slightly like more low-key, funnier drama bits mm. of Atlanta. And it's just really, it's a really good tight eight episodes. You can like demolish it in a day or two if you want, but yeah. It's just really good. It's the lead actor. What's his name? It's the guy who I haven't seen in a lot because he was the star of um, the um, US version of Shameless. Which, oh. I, but um, apparently he's really good now. I've just never watched. Um, Why is it called version. the Bear? That's his nickname. Oh, okay, right. he is known as the Bear. Um, it's Jeremy Allen White. He's just got a great. He's just he's he's really really good in it. It's it's just really yeah. I don't want to say too much. It's just about this guy basically trying to 
balance running a restaurant with some personal tragedy with some like you know one of those things like everything's going wrong all the time like Mm. that sort of vibe and it is also funny just a great like little cast of characters as well it's just really tight and contained it feels like it's been an unusually good year for like brand new tv yeah like that severance yellow jackets Wow, there's oh and, slow horses. I really and, enjoyed. Andor. Yeah, Andor. Like it, was that last time? Was last year, wasn't it? It was like yeah. bleeding oh, was in the last. Oh, bleeding into the this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's coming like, soon as well, isn't it? Yeah. I Season think there's another one coming. Even yes. the bigger yes. stuff like House of Dragon and Rings of Power. Ultimately, I thought were both good, not yeah. great, but like mm-hmm. yeah, all enjoyable. It's just like been, it's been yeah. fun. The, <laughs> the thing I really like about this though is that you hinted on it there. The idea of the lens. It's got like a really grimy sort of quality to it in a way that. I find quite a lot of prestige TV these days kind of does fall back on not necessarily the same directorial uh, mm. choices because Severance obviously is directed completely different to House yeah. of the Dragon, right? But quite often looks clean and sort of like very, you know, that prestige, it looks glossy. And this doesn't. And I think that really feeds into kind of like the the pressure and the yeah. kind of very... Because it's in a kitchen, obviously everybody's mm. on top of each other, and that kind of like chaos that it's is kind a really, of contained. Yeah, like tight space, and like the editing is fantastic as well. The music choices they open with um, "New Noise" by Refused, which is an incredible song, and they use that again at a certain point, and it's just God, it's good. Has like, it got like? Did you watch Boiling Point? I haven't yet, but I do need to because mm. I've heard it's very good. Yeah, it's pretty good, but yeah. like it's got some like the energy of that is like yeah, it's like it's very high energy, like, like people just. Yeah. Really stressing out about. Yeah, like, being I, need my, beef. I need my beef. Where's my beef? Oh, that reminds me. I'm the me bear of, and I got no beef. That reminds me of one of our favourite IGN moments where we were in Osaka together and you stood under a sign that said, Oh, my beef. And I pointed <laughs> at it and said, Oh, my beef. Do you know what? There's the thumbnail for this podcast. So it's <laughs> <That's> <laughs> me at the Oh, my beef. Yeah, song. absolutely. That's done. You better get thinking because it's going to be your choice of music at the end of this one. Oh. If it was any other podcast, I'd be playing New Noise by Refused. But, you know, you can look that up yourself. I know exactly a... what I'm going to put in. Okay, well, there we go. Of course, because it's Joe's last episode, we can't not do an endless search. Because no. you bloody love those, don't you? I do. I really enjoy yeah. the search. Oh, that well, looked like I was checking my watch. I yeah. wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have to be somewhere. No! <laughs> yeah, right, let's do an endless search then. Okay. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Shit. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? We're doing a game of play before, but with a little bit of a Joe Scrabbles twist to it. <laughs> okay. Oh um, we are playing the IMDb trivia game. Okay. So there'll be five different topics here. I'm gonna ask you for an answer for, uh, you have to say a film. Whoever's closest to the to what I uh, the topic I say will become very apparent. I'm explaining this terribly. We'll get a point between the three of you. It's just a three player game. You're going to be playing. Mm. The twist is these five topics are all loosely based on things to do with Joe Scrabbles. <laughs> okay, so they'll become this, apparent. This worries me. But we're okay. not competing. Yeah, you are. Oh, you said a point between all three of us. Sorry, one of you will get a point. Okay. Whoever's <laughs> closest to what I better get IMDb up because I better get three tabs up. This is fantastic podcasting. Um, let me just load imdb.com. The first one, like you can think about it. I want you to, it's whoever will get a point here is the person who can name a film that came the closest to coming out on March the 24th, 2016, Joe's first podcast oh appearance. My God. Wow. I want a film that came out as close to March 24th, 2016. 
Do you know what? I'm so Have good at this sort of stuff when it's like in the 90s when I was younger. <laughs> I had encyclopedic memory for it. And these days, it's like it all, it's all like one big block. Six, yeah. six and a half years ago. Where's I'll, the time gone? I'll drop one in. Oh, there. Matt's going I'll in. I'll go first and I'm going to say room with Brie Larson. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> a laugh. A laugh, yeah. that one. <laughs> but I think that's about February 2016. Uh, yeah. Are we, are we talking UK? I didn't actually say that. Are we talking UK release or US release? You guys decide now. UK, I, it's the UK podcast. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, let me see if I can even find that. <laughs> what did I say when it came out? God. Oh, God. I know. I kind of know one, but I think it's okay. three months off. <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. Civil War. Yeah, that was. As in Captain America Civil War, yeah, not sorry. a film called Civil War. All right, War. Captain America mm-hmm. Civil War, yes. Just want to make sure. You know, you might be there. Might be a, a, think that was a like drama called that May or something. It's like late spring, isn't yeah. it? Early summer. Da, 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 what was the one just weirdly hard. That? <laughs> <laughs> it's weirdly hard to find the release date for some of these <laughs> on IMDb. And I found it. Uh, go on, go on, Joe. It's the, on. I think the one just before that, which I think is still probably too far away, mm. would so, be is it Ant Man. Going with Ant Man. I think that was quite a bit before. Was it? I think well, it might well, be late. Not, I think it might be late twenty. I think it's twenty fifteen. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll we'll see. Okay, in the UK, Room came out on January fifteenth, twenty sixteen. Nice. So nice. that is what two and a half months away. Mm-hmm. Captain America: Civil War, April 29th, twenty sixteen. Nice. One month out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm out then. Yeah, Ant Man, July seventeenth, twenty fifteen. Wow, in the old days, they had six months between <laughs> or eight months between. Oh, films. isn't time a weird, weird concept? So that is one point to Dale. Avengers Endgame taught us that. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. One point to Dale. Okay, the second one, as we all know. Big fans here of a certain film called Green Street. Yeah. <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially, especially Matt. Yes. Green Street Hooligans um, for our American yeah. um, Not a great film, <laughs> but a beloved film of this parish-ish. parish-ish. In that theme, I want you to, whoever can get the closest here, well, actually, it's the lowest. I want the lowest IMDb score for a sports film you can think of. Oh, oh wow. What, do we have to name the film? Yeah, sports okay. film with the lowest IMDb okay. rating. Goal three. Bastard. <laughs> He's going quick with goal what three. going to go for. Uh, 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 I'm going to have to say goal two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll give you a second to think, Max. I know sports films I, aren't your forte. I don't think I know any of them other than the ones that are renowned for being good. <laughs> <laughs> Which ones are those? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. On a documentary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Moneyball, baby. I'm just going to have to go for the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, but that might, that's exactly the kind of thing that critics might have hated at the time. Uh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Wait, I can't even... Uh, da, da, da. There is like there several Mighty Ducks films. You could have said like Mighty Ducks 4. Or it's true. too late now. Slapshot. Okay. <laughs> I will say, Matt, Mighty Ducks... Airbird. Airbird. The Mighty Ducks is a respectable 6.5. Is it? It's an okay film. Um, Gold 2... It's a five point eight. Goal two, living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that the one? Is uh, that the one with Beckham? I was going to say yeah, Michael Owen. Is, is oh, Michael Owen? Beckham. Yeah. yeah, it's the Real Madrid one. Yeah. Five point eight. Goal three. It's a three point two. What is Airbud? I need to know. Airbud. I'm not going through all of these. You could have said Green Street too. I think. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> what would Football Factory have been? That would that be low. Like, Airbud's five point two. Football yeah. Factory. Yeah, that's a that's a shiter. 
People love it though. Mm, 6.8. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better than Mighty Ducks. So yeah. goal three was Joe, wasn't it? You it get was. a point. Okay. The next one. Your name's Joe. Oh <laughs> running out of links here. What a no, tribute. <laughs> I'm glad I'm leaving. I want any film starring someone called Joe or Joseph. Starring? Okay, in it. An actor called Joe or Joseph right. Has in an the film. Character. Okay. Yeah, an actor. How about a director? <laughs> no. no. An actor. Joe or a Joseph. And there's more, when you think about it, there's some good films out there. Well, you could I mean, just and name a film. What, like, how with a Joe or a, yeah, well, highest. sorry, you want the, yeah, sorry. I should okay, have said that. The highest. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. The okay. Matrix, Joe Pantoliano. <laughs> oh, these are good answers. Got, you've got, you've got a bit of time, Matt. Joey Pants. <laughs> I can only think of Joseph Gordon-Levitt now. That's, you can say another film. Of yeah. Right. See, I, I, I have a great answer for this, but I don't know if it'd win. I'm going to, I'm going to compete in this one, but not win any points. <laughs> I'm not going to get anything bigger than Inception, though, am I? That's that's going to be high. I'll I'll try and go slightly more indie, darling, though, on uh, on Gordon Levitt <laughs> yeah. and say Brick. Mm. See, uh... Brick's a hard. I bet that had mixed. I bet people were like, mm. "Why are these teenagers all talk funny?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Okay, what I would have said would have fucking lost it, which is <laughs> <laughs> all right." So, well, sorry, who said? Said? who said? Who uh, said? My my one was going to be Jurassic Park because of Joe. Um, what's his name? The little kid's called Joe, isn't he? Is Joseph Mazzello. Oh, oh, How the hell do you remember that? Because he was in uh, the Pacific, the Pacific. and, oh. and uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and stuff. Only 8.2 Jurassic Park and I did. That is bonkers. <laughs> um, right. Who said Inception? Dale. 8.8. It is a very good film. Good start. Good start. Brick. 7.2. Yeah. It's a good film. <laughs> Matrix. 8.7. Oh! Whoa! Battle of the Mindbenders. That's people, <laughs> people don't get it. <laughs> uh, that was a weird laugh. Uh, t- t- <laughs> like Sid James turned up. Uh, 2-1 to Dale with uh, Matt on zero, but still two to play for. I'm going to have to think of a tie break on the spot here. I didn't predict that. I forgot those three people. Ah! Right. This is your last episode, Joe. Yes. Which is number six six eight. Mm-hmm. I want you to name a film that's as close as possible box office of six hundred sixty eight million. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Just name a film. Six hundred sixty eight million at the uh, what's it? Is this global box office or is it mm. globes or domestics? Yeah, let me see which it lists. I've got an idea. Um, <laughs> gro- yeah, we're going worldwide gross. Because that's like a sort of like a moderate success. dollars as well. This is well, or a good success yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, yeah. Dollars worldwide gross in dollars of as close to six hundred and sixty-eight okay. million. I'm gonna say one. Okay. Um, that, so I'm thinking handy. I was I was just going through all the superhero films and I was like, it feels like DC a pop a successful you, DC you've territory. Gone the same route. I have. <laughs> so I'm gonna say. Uh, Justice League, Ooh. as in Zach, Zack Snyder's. Snyder's. No, not the the one that went to cinemas. The twenty, the original yeah. cut of yeah. Justice League. Okay, because I feel like it probably performed quite well financially. Buffy the Vampire Slayer's Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Shazam, but I felt like that's probably under that okay. significant. Yeah. Uh, who's got another one? Anyone else? Uh, I will 
go back a little further than mm. the DC thing. And I'm going to say, I'm choosing which between of these two, but I think <laughs> I'm going to go for the second one, which would be Pirates of the Caribbean 2. Mm. Interesting. Ooh, what, what, sorry, what's the subtitle of that one? Uh, that's Dead Man's Chest, that I think. Dead, that's, yeah, that's, that's the second one? Yeah, that's Dead Man's Chest. That's Bill big tentacle beard, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I feel like this. This is this might be mad, but I feel like it did really well. Okay, it chapter one. Ooh, yeah, I think that did do very well. There's an inherently horror film though. Like the expectation of horror films is a lot. But that's why I think it really overperformed. Yeah, and they fucked it. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, okay. Let's get the the really wrong one out of the way. It chapter one. No, (laughs) Pirates the Caribbean. One point. 06 billion. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. big worldwide See, it business. It was huge. Because I can remember it being big, but I thought like the time period, like mm. cinema was different at that point than it is now. Mm-hmm. What was what was the first one Fuck out of interest? No. All right. It's uh, a Wikipedia click away. I wouldn't be surprised if the, the actual take at the cinema was less on the first mm-hmm. one because it was, it was there was a big wait between the first yeah, and second yeah. one. Yeah. And it was like the biggest film. Uh, the the first out. one was 654. Oh! I, I almost went for the first oh. one. Mamacita! <laughs> But you didn't, as Jack Sparrow said. Um, In the Spanish dialect. It, it, which was just called It, not chapter one at the time. 701 million. That's so what, that's 33 million off? Justice League. 657 million. 11 million off. I almost didn't say it as well. Almost oh. I will ask curiosity, what did Shazam do? That means Dale has won this because you got three points already. But we'll do the Big last time. one. Mm. Um, sorry, Shazam. What did yeah. Shazam do? I, bet I mean, it's you've like already got it. Yeah, feels like a 300 to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 360, 366 million, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, the last one. One of our favorite topics on this podcast. And I know one Joe really does love. I want a film where someone either drowns or nearly drowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Um, <laughs> Casino Royale. No, straight from a casino. Sorry, I want the highest IMDb rate. I didn't. Oh, I didn't yeah, just... well, yeah, Casino Royale anyway. That's fine. Yeah. I'll stick with that. Yeah, it's not just name one. It's not just the first name. <laughs> <day. laughs> Someone drowns or nearly drowns. I don't know what we're counting as nearly drowning, or if there's. They different... have to be pulled out of water and resuscitated. <laughs> Is that the degree. okay? Like in the film way, where they just pump yeah. up the chest and all the water comes out. What have we got? What do we got, boys? I'm not saying the prestige, but we just need it laid out. I thought I thought you the prestige is going to be. I just feel like the prestige is too mixed a reaction. Okay. Some people don't think it's good because they're fucking dickheads. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I've only got one other film in my head, and I don't know if it's. I don't know if it was well received enough. Don't know, Matt. What are you thinking? Um, I'm going to go with. The Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> Who drowns in that? Sam almost drowns at the end. Does he? No, sorry. Yeah, it is Sam, isn't it? He chases after yeah, him yeah, at the end yeah, with a boat like... and then they pull him out. Yeah, yeah. That's a... Well done there. Castaway. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Let me ooh, search for that. I was going to say a single man, but I don't think a single man will have a good IMDb score. No, it's a good film, though. I mean, I can't even spell cast the way what's happened to me. Uh, right. Okay. Casino Royale, 8.0. Oh, not good enough. Yeah. Fellowship of the Ring, 8.8. 8. 
Castaway, 7.8. Yeah. Stat of interest, prestige, 8.5. Wouldn't have won, but still higher than I thought. Yeah, it that would is be. higher than I thought it would be. Another couple I thought of, uh, Titanic. Lots of people drowned in that, 7.9. Good point. Um, another one I had was uh, going to be... The Way of Water. Was going to be... <laughs> I'm pretty... Like, for a film I've watched 20 times, I'm pretty sure a boy gets resuscitated and nearly drowns in Jaws. Yeah, I was thinking... It's that, only yeah. 8.1, though, which is an absolute thinking, fucking disgrace. 8.1? Absolute <laughs> disgrace. I did think of Jaws, but then I thought, well, most of the danger in Jaws is not drowning. It's it's being eaten by a shark. Yeah, so but I, I think... I remember bo- if there was yeah. a scene with someone drowning. Early uh, drowning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 8.1 for Jaws. I think, did I do this a while ago? Get annoyed by Jaws on IMDb? I don't know. I probably have. Anyway, Matt, you got a point. Ray. Dale did win, though. You spoiled it for Joe, didn't win his last time. That's fine. This is my gift to you, Joe. Showing, like, (laughs) flaunting my victory. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Unless you're leaving prison, I murked you. (laughs) Well, we've got got some leaving presents from the. I don't know what, what? we're doing. My voice is doing weird things Leaving today. Leaving presents. <laughs> From the uh, listeners who have sent in their Jesus feedback, Christ, as usual. Jesus Christ, over with this first one, didn't you? Look it's how not, she's got to read. It's not that long. It's like half a page. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we've got some emails. This is, uh, you know, next week we can say thanks to Joe. There's none of that this week because he didn't let anyone know. So uh, we let us I wasn't know. allowed. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't put this on me. No, I'm putting it on you. Um, what have we got first, Matt? Right, this one is from Scott Walker, who says, Hello all. First time, long time and all that. I'm emailing in the early hours, just as <laughs> I have settled my newborn son to sleep. So apologize if any of this is Congrats. incoherent. I have something I thought it might be fun or interesting to discuss. As a new dad, I, w- I was reflecting on my pop culture influences I've absorbed through my parents. The Blues Brothers, Mad Max, The Young Ones, Point Break, Top Gun, Blackadder and all the classic musicals to name a few which were all watched countless times as a primary school age kid in the 90s. As it is Halloween season, I thought about the characters that terrified me and remembered three that gave me the most nightmares. The toe cutter from Had Max. Weird, had animal-like behaviour and genuinely terrifying. The scene where they chased down Max's wife and child always left me cold. Number two, the kitty catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Awful human. Yeah, yeah very weird. <laughs> Not a surprise one, I'm sure. Left a lifelong distrust of ice cream vans in case they suddenly turned into a mobile cage and took me to Eastern Europe. <laughs> does, does look a lot like Jacob Rees-Mogg as well. Yeah, mm. just a little bit. Prick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that applies to both of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Imagine that in GG Bang Bang. If one was like, you prick. <laughs> And number three, uh, Gamort from The Never Ending Story left a scar so deep in my psyche I would always have the top bunk so the inevitable day the wolf would come. He'd hopefully eat my brother first to be too full to attack me. (laughs) Good tactic. I watched The Never Ending Story for the very first time this year. What a wild ride that is. It's great. Uh, It would be interesting to know what your... Try and... I thought you were Try- tearing. I'm choking no. up. <laughs> it's just hit you that Joe's going. <laughs> he just loves Gamork. <laughs> It'd be interesting to know what your triumvirate of horror would be. I could have I could have added Freddy Krueger quite easily too. I watched Nightmare on Elm Street at my mates and refused to go to sleep in case he killed me in my dreams, but thought that was a more obvious one. Love the podcast, keep up the great work, and God's sake, respect the salty debt. I never like when I was a kid. I never actually watched like the horror films like that. I did have things mm. that scared me. Like one, I think we might have spoke about this before, Matt. 
things that terrified me in uh, supposed kid films. The Wheelers from Return oh, of Oz. Fucking hell. I've still are. never watched that oh film. Everyone God. says it's I, horrible. I really love that film, but yeah. fuck me. They're like, awful. Again, that's another one I watched this year. I went through like a little of watching yeah. those like 80s weird dark fantasy yeah. films. And Return to Oz, A stands up, but B is fucking terrifying. It's horrible. Especially, yeah, there's the bits. Um, and like, there's like, well, is there like faces in glass? like cabinets oh yeah yeah uh, so Mombi who's oh, she's Jesus. got like all of these heads in cages and she can change them that is them. a terrifying yeah. film it's horrible it's like PG as well yeah <laughs> fuck off <laughs> uh, you guys got any uh, haunted childhood memories two things fucked me up as a kid one mm. I absolutely loved dinosaurs and the first time I saw Jurassic Park I hated the T-Rex oh. uh, so that and made me just go off Jurassic Park for years I was like no. I hate that film uh, and then realised it's a masterpiece and two, a single episode of The X-Files that began. I watched it from behind the sofa with my parents not realising I was in the room. <laughs> and I, it was a woman walking through, a, I think it's the one episode Stephen King ever wrote. It's called Chinga. And it's an evil doll that uh. like makes people see like ghostly shit. And there was this one shot of a man in a supermarket freezer with a knife in his eye. And I just remember seeing it and being like, <laughs> holy fucking shit. <laughs> That's the scariest thing I've ever seen. Um, oh, yeah. That busted mm, me up. Uh, my couple, um, the transformation scene in Team Wolf. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, like, horrified oh, yeah. me. Because it's, like, really, it's all, like, stop motion animation. It's really sweaty and horrible. Mm. And just seeing that absolutely, like, fill me with fear. And then also, I don't know their names, but in Labyrinth, there's these, like, Weasley, like, rodent-y sort of anthropomorphic characters that take mm. their heads off and, like, swap their heads oh, yeah, around. Yeah. Yeah. Like a dance routine. Yeah. It? Turns out swapping heads. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah, they were just, like... I would watch that film, but I was convinced as a kid that was a horror film that I was watching. Like, <laughs> it, it does feel like a horror film yeah. in a lot of ways. And then I look at it as an adult and it's like, is, how was this shown to children? Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. those tight, tight trousers that he's mm. wearing. <laughs> yeah, there's some pretty, uh, there's some pretty intense sexual undertones. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when I was about nine and Furbies were all the rage, I had a Furby for Christmas and my dad was like, it's like a gremlin that is. And I was like, what the fuck's a gremlin? He was like, I'll get you gremlins. And he went out the next day to the video rental store and got me gremlins, which I did really like, but like strike yeah, You threw that Furby in the bin after that. <laughs> I mean, it went, as all Furbies did, it eventually went in the cupboard after about three weeks and yeah. never came back out again. I, I never had a Furby, but I did have the, I had a couple of similar things. I had Texter, the little dog, the robotic dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Um, and I had uh, E.T. who would like yeah, uh, talk yeah. to you and like, do you, like, do you remember, light up his finger and stuff. <laughs> did your school have the urban myths about Furbies like saying evil shit? No. We just went around our school that like they could get possessed and I got well scared of Furby. <laughs> I never had that, but I think every school had, do you know those little like alien pods of jelly that like if you, they would they, actually like hatch or something? My be- science teacher got so annoyed at people saying that those aliens would, uh, but they become pregnant was like a yeah. big thing <laughs> that she literally did an alien autopsy <laughs> in our science <laughs> class to open it up and prove that it couldn't uh. happen. What terrified you as a kid? Let us know. Um, oh, yeah, as long as it's not too traumatic. Good topic. Uh, um, IGN on school. Yeah, UK what pop feedback. culture scared you <laughs> yeah. as a kid? You've got yeah, to refine yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, IGN on school. UK feedback at IGN.com. Dale. Yeah, this is from Jacob Bartnick. And he says, hey, guys. Love you. Love the podcast. Uh-huh. I was curious if the firm had any chance to dip into the Football Manager 23 beta. And if so... What teams are you currently playing as? I'm enjoying a filthy rich Newcastle save at the moment, and it's great. 
Respect the sea and all its doings. Yeah, you got you got to park your morals at the door of that one. But you know, football football's not clean anywhere, is it? So yeah. that's what are you going to do? Um, it's the last time the fan will be together to talk football manager, maybe. So yeah, we, we haven't been about Sorry, for I'm a while. Come back in yeah, real life. He's not dead. Yeah, I know. Even but, though you know, the popular the idea firm, is that they do die when the they firm, leave this podcast, the firm is over um, <laughs> for now. But uh, well, I might as well. Well, I don't think you two have actually played any football. I haven't. I haven't I've played an hour one. of the new one last night, actually. In fact, I always start just with a Spurs save because I have to do it to myself. To. To run. I basically do it because it comes in November and basically always just make the signings I think we should have made three months ago. So I <laughs> sign a left-sided... I, I actually sign Bastoni from Inter. This probably means nothing to a lot of people. <laughs> and I signed... Um, what's his name? Uh... Cool. Back you from uh, the. He's a German right wing back from Wolfsburg. I think. It's Do you know good. when people ask us to bring back those it's football day episodes? <laughs> yeah. This is exactly why yeah, we didn't exactly. do it. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I need. Uh, I'm trying. I'm on. Uh, I'm on the lookout for like a backup young forward. Uh, but there you go. If I was um, going to start keep playing, keep us updated on that. Yeah. 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 I'm playing a Conte uh, three five two. Love that. Uh, actually, no three four one two. If you must know. <laughs> if I was going to start playing, I'd play a Sam Pauli. That's that's there my tip. There that's what I do. I play a Spurs like month or two just to write past wrongs and then uh, pick a lower league side and bring them up. So yeah. yeah, as usual, I'll be looking on the lookout for who's looking good in League One this season and pick them. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Um, that's all. Just thought we'd say a little bit about Fort Magic because some people enjoy it. They do. Joe. Yeah. We've saved you to last the last email you'll read out in the UK. <laughs> it's from Jesse Borth. What an honour for him. Great name to... Uh, to finish with. Hi, UK IGN crew. It's Jesse from Virginia here. First time writing in. Only been listening a couple of months. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah. I'm out. Found you lot from the Game Scoop crew and have most have. And There's have no been way they mentioned us. No, yeah. What the hell? What did they mention the UK podcast? I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. And have been stuck since. And between us, I'm sorry, fucking hell, I can't read. Found you lot from the Game Scoop crew and have been stuck since. And between us, your mostly unfiltered banter and mad ramblings make you guys my favourite podcast. Already, two months Suck in. Suck it, Game Scoop nice. crew. On to the subject line. It's my 26th birthday this weekend. Congrats. Woo! And since listening to you, I've rekindled my love of Nolan's The Prestige. Yes. Hell yes. As I found it randomly all those years ago, shortly after it released. Sadly, I had forgotten the movie disgusting until i heard you sing its praises excellent i convinced my girlfriend to watch it with me after dinner and she was blown away by the twists and in inverted commas turns love it (laughs) thanks for letting me find my love for this movie again my question is have you ever forgotten something you loved until something or someone reminded you of it years later Keep up the great works, lads and ladies. Respect to the fickle mistress, the sea, and those hard-working grave diggers. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the grave diggers for a while there. Um, I like yeah, that. But, he's only been listening a couple yeah. of months, but he's already um, in on all, I was just saying on all the to, jokes. I was saying this to Matt earlier, actually. One that popped up for me for this was, um, the last couple of years or so, um, I'd forgotten how much I love tangerines. I had one the other oh, day. Oh, they are good. Really good. I found a, <laughs> you get a real zinger. Like, I'd been more of a Clementine man for a few years, but I had a tangerine the other day and I thought, you know what? I might go back to these for a bit. Tangerines. Yeah. Do you know what? Oh, God. Tangerines. I didn't really forget that they existed, but they've brought back lemon and scampi knickknacks. And I had Have a they? bag the other day and they're still good. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. There's no better way to end Joe's time than talk about crisps and uh, tangerines, I think. Is there anyone else? It doesn't have to be food. I was going to say, it's not really what Jesse was going for. I was going to say, me and, me and Matt have been talking, me and Matt have been I mean, talking Jess- about this for weeks, actually. We're both massively into Noki at the Noki, moment. Yeah. Oh, I love Noki. I, I feel like I reintroduced you to the love of Noki. Well, yeah, I had some last night and I my theory proved correct. I wanted to try it for a while. Uh, just fried it off like you do, make it quite crispy. Salt and vinegar, just have them as chewy chips. They're brilliant. Interesting. 
absolutely brilliant. I had the, I was saying to you, uh, yeah. a wedding I went to, they just they just deep fried them and put salt on them and oh, yeah. passed them oh, around in bowls. That's Excellent. It's good stuff. Um, anyone else got anything? <laughs> it, it could be something like a game or a film, but it could also be a tangerine if you want. Uh, what? Go on. Just nothing's say a food really, you say a food you like. Nothing's really coming to mind. Like, well, I don't know if I ever forget that I like food. It's such a weird. <laughs> there must be something you haven't had for a while though. And every time you eat, you're like, oh, I do love this. Actually, I just don't ever have it enough. Uh, I, I mean, I do like gnocchi, by the way. But yeah. when's the last time you had it, gnocchi? Oh, it's a while ago. Too, exactly. You've forgotten. It's that. too dense, though. It kind of like yeah, but you don't you don't have like, too much. It's yeah. like lasagna. You never order lasagna, but when you get no. it, oh. Lasagna, always, good, we, we always have uh, the, the Charlie Bigham lasagnas and they are they you're, top. You're earning. Yeah. <laughs> Only when they're on There's offer. There's a waitress near me. They're mate. like eight quid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get a meal deal though, can't you, with some other stuff in it? I don't know. Charlie Bigham's like, meal deal. Like yeah. A, yeah, like a dinner deal sort of thing. Lovely. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Good stuff. Um, well, Jesse, we talked about a load of British shit. <laughs> <laughs> Famously British gnocchi yeah. and tangerines. <laughs> I mean, deep frying gnocchi. No yeah. Italian's ever done that. That's fair. I had some really nice, stupidly expensive gnocchi when I was in San Francisco this year. And it wasn't It wasn't like fried. It was more like boiled. It was really like soft. I, I, it, was nice. it was still nice. It was still nice. Lovely, yeah, uh, lovely usually, lamb ragu with it. Well. I don't know if I've ever had it crispy, actually. Really? I always have it boiled, yeah. Oh, crisp oh. it up. Little oh, knob of butter have in there. A little knocky treat up. later yeah, on. Yeah, knock, knock, knocky on heaven. Knocky, knocky. Good stuff, Joe. Yeah. This podcast is going to be a lot less silly without you. Is it? It's also going to be a lot less smart. Oh. So we'll miss you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought, you, I thought that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to say? Uh, play Dynasty Warriors three. <laughs> yeah. That's it. This That's is, it. This is literally the last time Dynasty Warriors will be mentioned on this podcast. You don't know that. What I do the, know if that. The next one comes I out do and know blows that. people's <laughs> minds. Well, we're making it part of the interview process now on anyone we hire. We ask them, are you into Dynasty Warriors? If they say yes, you're not getting you're out. the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had enough. We can't trust you. <laughs> exactly. No, it's, um, been, it's been an unbelievable pleasure and a privilege. I love this podcast. The listeners are amazing. Um, and uh, I'm a bit emotional. So. Oh, his voice oh, is cracking Should um, we talk about tangerines again quickly? Yeah. Okay. I had uh, a really tough one, actually, the other day. Are you serious? <laughs> I was just about to say something emotional. Oh, sorry. I, like, no, I, I, I the piff was really tough on it, and it was hard to get on. Uh, I was annoyed. Joe, you are one of the most talented people I've ever worked with, mate. Um, I'm going to miss working with you every day, because I feel like... You like helped elevate me personally, but I help elevate everyone around you as well. You're so talented. You make it look effortless and it's a, I'm good at that you go and I'm going to be honest. You're fucking me up. But, <laughs> but I'm extremely happy for you as well. Thank like, you. Like, mm. you know, whatever you may be doing. <laughs> Not that I don't know. Full-time professor, isn't it? If you've, Yeah, professor of bricks. Yeah. If you've never watched any of the unofficial preview videos that we made about a few years ago, definitely give those a watch because they're... I think those there's and two I think to three Joe, seconds of me and everyone. Yeah, there's we've made about 16, 17 of those. And uh, yeah, I think even Joe admitted it was his finest work I've, to date. I've watched one this morning. I was trying yeah. to find a good screenshot of yeah. one. I forgot in the fallout bit, there's a bit where I do karate on a bloat fly. And I was like, <laughs> that's just good shit, man. Yeah, you know, well, creative heady days we were going through. Little that's did we stuff. know. Uh yeah. That just years later <laughs> I would leave. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um Yeah. That's it's been that, lovely. Yeah. What? Sorry, Dynasty Warriors 3? Yeah, play Dynasty Warriors 3. Just the main theme? Oh, no. I was saying people should play the game. Oh, I thought you were about the music. <laughs> but related, oh, the music I would like to play oh, is the intro to Dynasty <laughs> Warriors 3. <laughs> oh, okay. There we go. Um, okay. What, what sound advice? And do you know what? Treat yourself to a, a tangerine this, this weekend. Yeah, on me. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Monzo me. Make sure they're easy peelers, though, because I had a tough time of buying, let me tell you. We'll get more into that next week. For now, and forever from Joe, goodbye. It's a little kiss. corners of the internet. Our darkest fears peer back at us from the depths of the web. We can... Hey, holy... Hey, Linda Blair. Are you all right? No. Can we maybe do this a different tone? Hey there, I'm Perry Carpenter. And I'm Mason Amadeus. On our podcast, Digital Folklore, we explore monsters, memes, and everything in between. Looking at our digital expressions through the lens of folklore, we break down the stories and communities we create online. And we try to make it a lot of fun. The show is presented in an audio drama style with a narrative and soundscape that's designed to draw you in. We weave insightful research and expert interviews with humor and storytelling. Come check it out. Search Digital Folklore wherever you get your podcasts.